You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. The Bible says everyone that is born of the Spirit is like the wind. Amen. You know the wind is around, but you can't tell everything about the wind. And that's how the life of the Spirit is. Hallelujah. Someone sent me a testimony, you know. He had been trying to get in touch with me. And um, he sent, it's quite a lengthy one. I'll just pick out details of testimony. Um, he's, a, he's actually a minister of the gospel in Nasarawa State. So I met him for the first time last year, I believe. But he had known me longer than that, but I knew him last year. So he came, he traveled from Nasarawa State and came here for his service. So he said, Sir, that Sunday I came to see you in church at Port Harcourt and sowed that seed. I had a dream that same night. I saw a wedding reception and it was mine. But even in that dream, I didn't like everything I was seeing. Then like a movie scene, it flashed off and I saw another wedding reception. This time around, the second one looked much better. Our clothes and the ambience and everything, I like it. When I woke up, the Spirit of God ministered to me that, but for that seed, the first scene I saw was how the wedding would have been. But now, the second one represents how it would turn out. I gave God thanks and praise and moved on. Drawing close to the wedding, the first hall we got, had to be changed as her father rejected it. I was going to insist, but somehow I succumbed and we got another venue. And thank God we did. The second venue we got was bigger, better in all ramifications. Supernaturally, it was paid for. In faith, I printed the cards 12 days before I paid for the venue and the hall was still available. As they had told me, they can't wait for me. And whoever pays first will be given the hall. Um, my father-in-law, who is a staunch Catholic, has a thing against Pentecostal pastors. But didn't seem even to bother that I was a pastor. He is the same person that rejected my wife's elder sister's suitor because he was a pastor. Are you getting? But he was not rejected. From my end alone, over a million was spent. God made provision. There was enough to eat and drink and food was even remaining. Everything was death, death, begging, and stress-free. Everything was death, begging, and stress-free. That means he didn't beg. He's not owing. Amen. And he was not stressed. Glory to God. From the money we got during the wedding, we paid our house rent. 
and still had over 200,000 naira remaining. Concerning their church ministry, he said, we paid 75% of the rent for our church before the time to start. And the people gave us up until June to pay the balance. Today, I have paid the balance. Thank you, sir, for being such a blessing to me and the entire ministry. Praise God. I'm making plans to attend Faith to Faith Convention. Knowing you has changed the game for me. For me, sir. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I get some of these kind of testimonies all the time. So, this is an amazing testimony. Glory to God. You know, and uh, I remember, I remember the, the minister, you know. That same night, praise God. That same night. You know, I used to um, hear testimonies like that a lot. And it just shows us how God is really out to help people. Amen. How God is really out to help people. I prayed with him, he had gone. But that same night, what he came for was addressed. Glory to God. And um, I also remember that um, there are some testimonies that may be so private that we don't get to share them. <laughs> Someone's still sending me a message now. I'm from Tanzania. I want you to be an ambassador of your church. <laughs> we get those kind of messages. Yeah, I don't even know the person. Now, um, I, I, I'm just thinking about the testimony of the lady that was heavily pregnant, you know, on Friends Sunday. That would have been three Sundays ago, you know. And um, she came with her medical report about the position of the baby. And then we used... Um, the sister's example here to say, look, God did it for her and he can do the same for you. How many of you were in the service when we prayed for her? Amen. You know, and, and there was nothing dramatic. Are you understanding me? There was nothing dramatic that day. And then I said she should go back for another test. A scan. And um, the week after she was not in church. So she, she missed, after we prayed for her on Sunday, she was in service on Thursday. She was in service on Sunday. So the next time I saw her was Thursday. And then she said, she was just smiling. Pastor, she's looking, you know, happier. Pastor, um, I have done the test. And I was like, okay, so what did they say? He said, the baby has turned. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> and then she um, brought, showed me the result. I said she should bring the first one, you know, the first one that told us about the problem. 
Um, so we'll have both of them together. And that's amazing. Glory to God. Lift your hands and thank Jesus. Amen. Thank Jesus for those wonderful, wonderful testimonies. Wonderful testimonies. Awesome testimonies. And there'll be much more. Amen. There'll be much more. There'll be much more. Um, today, the Lord had been dealing with me about um, something. Intercession. You know, and that's not what I want to talk about, but I just want to mention it. And how it is that there are so many people that need others to stand in the gap for them over a period of time until their situations change. Amen. Are we together? And um, more than ever, I've come to see a great need for that. When Jesus talked about the church, it's important to know um, or to be conscious of the names that the church was called in Scripture. All right? But Jesus says something about the church. Two statements that stand out for me are the first, the first one is when he said, I will build my church. Then he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he's already talking about the church as an unstoppable force. Hallelujah. But the second statement is where I want to focus on. He said, when he drove the people that were selling and trading in the temple, he said, my house shall be called, and it was quoted from Isaiah, a house of prayer for all nations. In some range, you just say house of prayer. In the other um, account, he said, a house of prayer for all nations. He said, but you've made it a den of thieves. What he, that implies is that the nations will depend on the church, on the prayer of the church for their success, hallelujah, for their well-being. Are we together? My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. So you have some things that people don't understand. There's, I, 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 we see the operations of, of the spirit, we see the working of miracles and healings. But I found out that there are some situations that require extended periods of prayer, amen, for the situations to change. Are we together? And if people don't take that responsibility, or we don't take that responsibility as believers, there are certain things that won't change. Are we together? There's certain things that won't change. So there is a, a call to give attention to intercession. Hallelujah. Intercession is simply a prayer you pray for someone else. Alright? It's a prayer you pray for someone else. Let's read First Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. 
um, what I want to share today actually is living a life of trust or living a life of trust. But um, I just want to talk about the intercession. Amen. All right. So it says, I exhort therefore, Paul was exhorting, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, did you see intercessions? And giving of thanks be made for all men. That means that humanity should be prayed for. Hallelujah. For all men. The next verse. Then it says, For kings and for all that are in authority, including Buhari. And then it tells you why. That we may lead. It's about us. A quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Now, you, if you don't pray those kind of prayers, corruption will not allow you function. That means that for us to live in a corrupt-free society, our prayers will make it happen. Amen. In all godliness and honesty. Praise God. So, go back to verse 1, please. Supplications, prayers, and that's you could get the teaching on New Testament prayers, an old one. Okay, anything that is it's over two years, so I'll say it's an old one. You know, and um, there's something I was sharing from that, you know, in that place. I was talking about why Paul stated, you know, Paul never just said things flippantly. No. Never. So, supplications. Everybody say supplications. Prayers. Intercessions. And giving of thanks. <laughs> Alright? My focus is intercession anyway. So, he talks about intercessions. The question to ask is, are we making intercessions for all men? Are we making intercessions for others? Or anytime you go to the place of prayer, you say, Oh God, set thy eyes upon me. Something struck me. And it was in the Lord's prayer. What is called the Lord's prayer. Hallelujah. Matthew 6. So I want to show it to you. Um, we could start from verse... Eight or nine. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Next. Now, so he starts the prayer. After this manner, therefore pray ye. Now, I want to show you something here. Let's read it together. Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Next. Thy kingdom come. 
that will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Now go back to verse 9. You will see that the prayer was not my father. He said, our father. Verse 11. You'll find that in verse 11, he didn't say, give me this day my daily bread. He said, give us. That means that the, 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 the model of prayer God was telling us to pray must include others. Amen. Are you getting me? That it must include others. Look at the next. He said, forgive us. Us. Praise God. Are you getting what I'm showing showing to you? Now, it lines up with what Paul was saying when he said, I exhort therefore that first of all, first of all means that before you even bring your matter, he says supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. But I think for some of us, it is last of all. Or not at all. Amen. <laughs> Are we together? So in the Lord's Prayer, we find our Father. Hallelujah. That means you are not going to the place of prayer thinking about you alone. Amen. You are thinking us. You are thinking others. Am I communicating? There's something that I discovered. I can't say that I have all the explanations of it. But the scripture that explains it to me more is when he says, Do unto others as you will have them do unto you. Amen. Now, don't misunderstand the scripture. He did not say what others do to you, do to others. No, that's not what he said. He said, if you sit down, I'm paraphrasing, and think of what you want someone to do to you and do for you, first do it for others. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Do unto others as you will have men do unto you. What was that? What was he teaching? Okay. You see, when you learn to start praying for people, it's another zone on its own. Amen. You know, I heard this, I, I read this testimony. It was um, a testimony uh, I, it's a long one, but I just pick out the part that happened in um, Pastor Pujo's church. He posted it. He was talking. The guy, the the man, was talking, sharing something really heavy, and I've heard a similar testimony like that. You know, his wife had been ill, and she was in the hospital. I think she was in a coma for a week or so. And um, he now was listening to messages that period, you know, following the teachings in church and all that. And then he remembered when that he was taught that when you're going through certain situations, look for people that have similar situations and help them. So he decided to act on that. 
So within the hospital, people that were suffering or going through things, you go around and help them. Then there was someone crying, you know, uh, a man was crying or something like that, I can't remember. And um, he asked what was the problem. And the man said, um, there's no oxygen. They were not going to admit the wife or something like that. There was no oxygen tank, you know, for um, to assist the wife. So he too is somehow in the medical practice and he found, he was trying to ask why there was no oxygen. They said, oh, they put that so supply them or something like that. They didn't bring it. He followed it up and called for them to bring the oxygen and all that and all that and helped out the man. And because he was helping the man, he even missed out the time he was supposed to read scriptures to his wife on her hospital bed. He's within the hospital premises helping someone else that has a problem. And got the tank, and ordered for them to get the tank and uh, oxygen tanks and all that and all that. And that passed. Only for him to go back, I think it was the next day, his wife now was almost passing out and she needed oxygen. And now it was one of the tanks that they ordered from the, to help the other person that they now had to use to resuscitate his wife. He didn't know that by helping others, he was actually helping himself. Are you listening to me? A similar testimony I remember was about a Nigerian that lives in the United Kingdom. His wife had not, they've not had children for years. I can't remember how many years now, but it's been a long time. And um, so he was driving on the way and saw a lady, I think it was raining also, standing. He had passed, but it was strong on his heart. Pick her, help her, go back. So he turned back and picked her to assist her. So on the way, they started talking. And he said he was Nigerian. So she said, oh, she is married to a Nigerian. Actually, they're about to get a divorce. You understand that? And that she's just in the middle of something like that. And she's not a Nigerian. Lee's not a Nigerian. And so, and she doesn't understand how Nigerians think. So this Nigerian man started telling her how to handle Nigerian men. So the counsel he gave her was so helpful to her. And she now asked if he had a child. He said no. As she got home that day, she knelt down and started praying for that man. And said, Lord, he has healed my marriage. What he told me, I never knew. So she didn't have a divorce anymore. Then she started praying and said, Lord, reward that family with a child. And she gave a date when the wife should take in. And prayed. He said, "No longer after that experience, he has forgotten about everything. His wife now took him without. He didn't know how it happened. These guys have been believing God for years. His wife took him. So by and by, he met the lady again. And then, when he met the lady again, she now said, uh, "Thank you for helping me the other day. My husband and I are now together, and I now know how to handle Nigerian men." But I prayed a prayer for you. The prayer I prayed was that your wife would take him. He asked, when did you pray? And, and she said, she said, she said, she said when? And she 
told him it was exactly the month that the wife took him. Amen. Now, there are so many testimonies like this. But what I'm trying to share with you is this. Sometimes, the thing that you are most concerned about is in another person's problem you will solve. Amen. When a believer takes up the ministry of intercession, you have entered sharing the ministry of Christ. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus ever liveth, amen, to make intercession for the saints. Are we together? So, when you take up that ministry, <laughs> you are sharing in the ministry of Christ. Hallelujah. You know, one of, we always talk about what Jesus has done for us. Sometimes we don't talk about what Jesus is doing for us. Amen. That's what we call the present day ministry of Jesus Christ. What Jesus is doing now. So when someone intercedes for others, he's sharing in the present day ministry of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Some of you, sometimes you see a brother in church or a sister in church and you just feel like, ah, hello, how are you? Are you fine? So don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. And you forget immediately you leave. No, 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 no. You go back. And you take that thing and say, Father, I'm praying for that brother. You, you best might not even know you're praying for them. Are we together? But I found out something. There is power, amen, in that attitude of living. Listen. We see a type of that in the life of Joseph. Joseph in Genesis 37. Joseph the dreamer. That his success, his glory, his destiny was tied to interpreting the dream of others. Are we together? So, when you learn to do that, you've learned something great. You know, sometimes believers don't know. Let me tell you something. The most powerful things you can pray for are, first, of course, for others, for the church. For pastors and ministers of the gospel. Amen. Now, you find that most of the time, that, that is the area some people never pray about. So you have a lot of people that their prayers are all about all the witches that are in my ancestral lineage. All the, you understand? That's what the prayer is about. You never sat down and said, Brother A, I've not been seeing Brother A. I don't know what's up with him. I st- and you start praying for him. Sometimes you just take the prayers in Ephesians and start praying for a brother. Let the eyes of his understanding be enlightened. Amen. That he may know the hope of his calling. Oh, I've seen those prayers work miracles in people's lives. People I didn't expect. You know? And then you just start praying for them and all of a sudden, boom, something just changes about them. Hallelujah. Are we together? <laughs> You know, you believe in the remote control. You pick it up, the TV is far away, you can raise the volume, change the channel. You can change the channel of someone's life. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. What is showing you don't like it, you can change it. Amen. In prayer, you are standing up, speaking words and praying for them. You know. And uh, you begin to see um, amazing things. 
Now, I'm sharing this with you because there are some of you here. For the next phase of what you want to do, this is what will open doors for you. Amen. Praying for others. Praying for Renaissance Assembly. Praying for your pastors. Amen. It will change the game. It's will. So can I get to my message? Amen. <laughs> Second Corinthians 13. Um, the translation I'm using is um, complete Jewish Bible. I believe we're reading the fifth verse. I don't think, I don't think they have the translation. Amen. So I'll read it from here. By now you should have all the translations that I use. Amen. That's what it means to be a media team. All right. Verse five. It says, examine yourselves. Um, those of you that um, got devotional today, you already would have seen the scripture, right? Examine yourselves to see whether you are living the life of trust. Alright? It says, I love the way he puts it. Instead of saying faith, he uses the phrase, the life of trust. The life of, ever say the life of trust. Amen. Examine yourselves to see whether you are living the life of trust. Test yourselves. Don't you realize that Yeshua, the Messiah, is in you? Unless you fail to pass the test. Hallelujah. The life of trust. Um, I've heard, I've heard some people say some things, you know, and, um, sometimes in trying to define something, they will now spoil something else. <laughs> you understand me? Uh, just like when, in trying to teach faith, some people did a lot of damage to hope. Amen. Alright? They did a lot of damage to hope. Make it look like hope is a bad thing. Glory to God. <laughs> because they were trying to exalt faith. But hope is not a bad thing. Amen. <laughs> uh, um, hope is also an element of faith. Glory to God. Am I complicated? Now, in the same way, in trying to exalt, in trying to exalt faith, even growing up, I'd heard people say that as a young Christian. People say something like, there's a difference between trusting God and having faith. Have you heard that before? Alright. And uh, that made me start studying the scriptures. Are you understanding me? Because I know that the words are not the same. But I found out that the concept is the same. Amen. Are we together? It's the same. So, um, I want you to, before I talk about living the life of trust, and it's a very short message, but I just want to share this with you. The concept of faith. 
Where did it come from? Hallelujah. The faith we talk about in the New Testament, where did it originate from? If you understand it, then you would understand what faith really is. And I can jump the gun already to tell you that you will see that there is no difference between faith and trust. Amen. So, um, I had studied the scriptures, you know, just to have that assurance and conviction in my heart about what faith really is. Uh, And I'm talking about faith beyond the word of faith, definition of faith. Amen. Beyond, yes, beyond. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Beyond. Because the way we're taught faith, more as a verb, you know, or the way we're introduced to faith is an instrument you use to get what you want from God. Are you understanding me? And that's how many of us understood faith. So I'm going to take you back to Habakkuk chapter 2. But I, my verse 4 is my, is, my, is my focus. But I'm going to start from verse 1. So that you understand in context. Alright? So let's look at Habakkuk chapter 2. Now look at this situation here. The prophet Habakkuk. Whichever way you pronounce it. Habakkuk. Kok. Whatever. There's a Habakkuk something. Amen. <laughs> you can say Habakkuk. Alright. He said, I will stand upon my watch. And set me upon the tower. He was telling us what he was going to do. And we'll watch to see what he, God, will say unto me. And what I shall answer when I am reproved. Verse 2. Then after that, the Bible says, And the Lord answered me. Praise God. So, whatever he wanted to do was accomplished. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain upon the tables. Upon tables that he may run that read it. Verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end... It shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. What are you waiting for? The vision. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Now watch. It's going to change flip now. Verse 4. Now, what was he saying? Wait for the vision. Don't forget that. Are we together? Wait. It will surely come. Wait. Wait. Everybody say wait. Wait. <laughs> In that same context, he now enters verse 4. Anywhere in the New Testament where you see the just shall live by faith, this verse was lifted from. And the just shall live by faith is written three times in the New Testament. Amen. Three times. It's in Galatians, it's in Romans, and um, um, what's the last? Hebrews too. Hebrews. Hebrews, Galatians, and Romans. It says the just shall live by faith. Now, 
This was where it was lifted from. It was Habakkuk's prophecy. Now, let's read verse 4 together. I want to go. But his soul, if you catch what I want to share with you today, you've collected a key. Amen. Behold his soul. Let's read together. I want to go. Behold his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Amen. Just to help you, let's just read 5. Verse 5. We'll come back to it. Then it says, Yea, also because he transgressed by wine, he is a proud man, neither keepeth at home, who enlargeth his desire as hell, and is as death, and cannot be satisfied, but gathereth unto him all nations, I pay unto him all people. At this point, he's gone far from what he was saying. Amen. So we could say that from verse 1 to 4, he was talking about the same thing. Amen. So go back to verse 4. This is the type you take off your jacket. Amen. <laughs> Remove your watch. I understand me to explain it. <laughs> but let me, let me, let's, let's get it. His soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. Now, what was he talking about before then? He said he should wait. Amen. So, when he say his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, what does he mean by your soul? It's pride he's talking about. What was say pride? Say pride. Okay. Now he's saying that the man that will not wait is proud. Amen. Am I communicating? And as long as he won't wait, he is not upright. Amen. That means God had already seen him as wrong. Then he now, if he ends this statement there, he, we can go. But he adds something that makes it clear. He now says, but the just, the one, the just is the one that God will declare as upright. Are you seeing that? The just, now, before he talked here, he said, this one is not upright. But the one that God will declare upright, amen, is the one that is living by his faith, amen. What does he mean? What he's saying is simply, faith is waiting on the Lord, depending on Him, trusting Him. Amen. Amen. So let me go deeper. That means that God doesn't see unbelief as you didn't believe. No, He sees unbelief as pride. Amen. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Disobedience. In the New Testament, He called it unpersuadableness. Are we together? That's how He sees it. Now, this is the origin of the concept of the New Testament faith that you and I practice. Amen. Did you get that? This scripture. That means that, now, a man will only be declared righteous if his trust is in what Jesus has done for him. Amen. He's not depending on his goodness. He's not depending on his performance. He's he had to wait for what Jesus will do. Amen. For him to declare himself righteous. Am I, am I, am I communicating? But it doesn't only end, end in how we got saved. 
It continues in how we walk with God. Are we together? How we walk with God. That means that we keep trusting. We keep trusting. We keep trusting. Now, anytime the Bible uses the word wait, especially in these writings of the prophets, as you find in Isaiah chapter 40, it's talking about a dependency. Amen. Some of you know this day that waits upon the Lord. Amen. Shall what? Renew their strength. So, God sees the act of faith as humility. Praise God. And sees unbelief as pride. So, living the life of trust. So, when the scripture now tells you, examine yourself, test yourself, whether you are living the life of trust, what he's saying is, in that, you might have trusted him yesterday. What about today? Glory to God. What about today? Even today, there might be three different things. You trusted him in one and trusted yourself in the other two. Amen. Glory to God. Examine yourselves to see whether you are living the life of trust. That life of trust is the life of faith. So, my last scripture. Proverbs 3, King James Version. Verse, let's start from 5. Let's read together. Want to go? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. Verse 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall die. This is faith in the book of Proverbs. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Faith explained in the book of Proverbs. Go back to verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all the heart. Lean on. That means that I'm not leaning, I'm not using what I know as a crutch. Are we together? I am going to lean on what God's word had said, the sacrifice that has been made on my behalf. Are you understanding me? So as I'm stepping out, my confidence is not in me. Amen. As we enter the second quarter of the year, live that life of trust. Amen. Live that life of trust. What makes us pray a lot is that our dependency. You know that scripture says, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is what? Is the kingdom. They are the ones that, theirs is the kingdom means they are the ones that take over. Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What is what's the point spirit? Point spirit, you know, people misunderstand point spirit. The point spirit is the one. 
And, okay, you know, Paul has a way of interpreting um, some things that you might not understand. Okay? So, let me show you Paul in spirit, in Paul's writings. Amen? Praise the Lord. You will appreciate it better. Glory to God. Let's read this together. Want to go? Okay. Second Corinthians chapter three. Let's look at verse four and five. I want to show you Paul's interpretation. Huh? Look at what he said. Let's read together. I want to go. This point spirit. And such trust have we through Christ to God or toward God. That's such trust. Then he says in verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. We are poor in spirit. To think anything as of ourselves. Our sufficiency is of God. This is the definition of being poor in spirit. I have no power of my own. <laughs> Some of you, that's the only understand. You are sufficient, not of yourself. Your sufficiency is of God. In April, your sufficiency is of God. In May, your sufficiency is of God. In June, your sufficiency is of God. Glory to God. You get that? Not that we are sufficient ourselves to take anything of ourselves. Now, that doesn't mean we are talking down ourselves. No. No, 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 no. Did you understand Paul? He said that the excellency of the power may be of God. Amen. I'm not saying I'm a worm. No, 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 no. My boast. The Bible didn't say you shouldn't boast though. No, it isn't. He said, no, 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 don't be done. He said, no, if your boast, let your boast be in the Lord. Hallelujah. If you must boast, boast right. <laughs> Look at what blood has done. Amen. That's boasting. Amen. Look at what revelation has produced. That's boasting in the Lord. So, the reason I'm confident about greatness is because my sufficiency is of God. So I wake up in the morning. This is the day the Lord has made. You know that yesterday I, 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 I organized myself. Today will be great. No, 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 no. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. 
Blood is speaking for me. Angels are ministering for me. Amen. Glory to God. I've shared my cards. But ministering spirits are making the card make sense. God is energizing my ideas that they will amount to something. I am beckoning on everyone to live a life of trust. Amen. It's life of trust that makes you wake up in the morning and not forget to pray. Forgetting to pray (laughs) means that you are Jehovah Almighty. Amen. (laughs) I don't know what your name is. Let's assume that your name is John. John Almighty. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Yes, You are that you are. Are you understanding me? (laughs) When others are singing, he got the whole world. I got the whole world. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. My sufficiency is of him. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to pray. That means you trust what you are going to do. More than you trust the time you are going to spend in prayer. You know why some people don't sow seed? They trust their gathering. As the money is in their account, they trust it more. Are you understanding me? <laughs> they trust it. The Bible says, trust, do not trust in uncertain riches. First Timothy 6.17. Alright? But in the living God. Amen. Some people trust money more than they trust God. Amen. A man that does not sow is a man that trusts money more than he trusts God. Anytime you sow, you are saying, Lord, I trust you more than this money. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in what? Because it is possible. Some of you trust your account. Well, the reason why, the reason why even when the policeman even stopped you, you are beating your chest for him. It's just a small extra money that I thought you account last week. You have managed to save 86,000. <laughs> Amen. Since 2014. Now you are greeting people anyhow. I understand that. If money changes your character, it means that you trust it. Did you hear me? If money changes your behavior towards the things you believe in and towards people, it means that you trust money. The cure for greed is not fasting and prayer. Is giving. Amen. Amen. Did you hear me? It's not fasting and prayer. When you finish fasting and praying, you give away the money. Amen. You give away the money. I end with this. John D. Rockefeller had made so much money. Some people don't understand this history of his generosity and how he started the foundation he started. 
He had made so much money. Wealthy man, he had made so much money at that time. He was a modern day Solomon. Then he became sick. So sick. And he had a talk with his pastor. And the pastor <laughs> gave him wisdom. The wisdom is founded on Matthew 6, 19 and 20. He said, lay not up for yourselves tre- treasures where moth or rust doth corrupt. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. On, on, the first one says, no, no, in heaven where moth or rust doth not corrupt. Where thieves do not break in and steal. Amen. Now, that corrupt there is cancer. Amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something that's come to eat you up. It was based on that he started giving out his wealth. Amen. And he found that he was healthier giving out his wealth. He lived to be 98 plus. He would have died at 40, 45 or thereabouts. It's in scripture, in that first Timothy we just read now, where it said that, that you may lay hold on eternal life. That means that there's something about giving that sustains you. The reason why some people have high blood pressure is the too much money in their account. It's true. It's true. When they start announcing, Union Bank, is like, what happened to Union Bank? <laughs> what happened to Union Bank? <laughs> Your trust is in riches. <laughs> Amen. But anytime you give away money, you break the hold of money over you. Money has a hold though. Money has an influence. That's why he called it mammon. That you cannot serve. He said you cannot serve God and mammon. No, you can't. That means that you will submit to one. Now as I'm talking, you're just thinking, yes, tell the rich people. No, a poor man can have mammon. Hold him like this. Poor man. He cannot come to church because he has to pursue that business today. The man said, um, wait at my gates. Um, let me think what I will do. He said, the rain is falling still there. Rain is falling still there. They are calling him, come for seminary. He said, I can't come for seminary. I have to collect this money. <laughs> it's mammon. <laughs> mammon. <laughs> Why didn't you read your Bible when you woke up in the morning? Because you are waiting for the alert. You open the scripture to the Bible, you check your, you, you check your text message. You go back to your text at the end of the day, you didn't even read your Bible. Mammon. Rise to your feet. Your prayer today, life of trust, deliver me from mammon. <laughs> Amen. Lift your hands and pray that prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Greed. He called it, Paul called it the love of money. Amen. He said it's the root of all evil. Talk to God this, this, this evening. Talk to God this evening. Taking the 
You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of faith around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. 